at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. And welcome to episode 40 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, comic books, mini comics, UK annuals, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power logo down at the bottom. I'm Matthew Dooch. I'm here with Sean Scavarna up top, and our special guest host today... Uh, you know her from Roast Google di- Dinner, Penny Dreadful, Shilling Shockers, the hostess with the mostest, uh, keeper of all the lore and knowledge, writer of compendiums, Miss Danielle Galerta. Sean, Danielle, how are you doing today? Wow, I'm telling you, I'm going to put Matthew on my payroll to to do PR for me. This is just every time he just keeps adding stuff to it. It's great. Except I'm going to get sued sued by Elvira because he said the hostess with the mostest. I think (laughs) I left out horror, so I think we're okay. Okay, okay. (laughs) We'll be all right then. I I spelled hostess with a Z, so it's fine. Okay, there we go. That's the key. Sandra Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I actually I had her on my show one time. It was um I met really? her at um yeah it was a good just a we did um we were at the Monster Bash convention in Pittsburgh sure. and she was there as well and so I introduced myself and told her I was a a horror host too of course Z list horror host compared to her but <laughs> uh, I I said oh I said can we shoot like a little thing together and she was like so cool she was like yeah absolutely so we did like a, a horror host high five but we kind of like missed when we. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little gag thing we did together. Um, yeah, she was really cool, really cool. Nice. Now you yeah. say you say Z list, but as I recall, you but you're still doing the podcast circuit, and from the stuff I see on Facebook, your show is still in rotation on your local stations, correct? Yeah, um, I mean, not as many stations play us anymore, but there's still stations out there that are playing us. Um, there's a, an online uh, horror channel that plays us called the Monster Channel. They're like oh, a, really? on a Roku. Yeah, yep. they play us. And then some like weird UHF or VHF channel is playing us out in Nashville. <laughs> and I'm like, that nice. like they asked us to air the show years ago, and I guess we're still on there, but it's like... That's still UHF still exists. That's really <laughs> awesome. oh, wow. Yeah, last stand right there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many years ago did you did you stop doing the Penny Dreadful? 
Um, we do it. We still do a Halloween special every year. Okay. So we 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 continue. I mean, it's like the regular series ended, but uh, we did it for ten years. Uh, I think we started shooting in two thousand five. Our first episode aired in January of two thousand six, um, and then we got on like all over New England, and we were on TV for for regularly for about ten years, nice. uh, and then. Yeah, and then I I ended the show after my husband passed away because he was the werewolf in, in the show, you know, uh, and so. Uh, but we we did continue to do just like annual Halloween special because it's like that's when I'm at the height of my powers. For Halloween, you the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's, it's coming up. I'm a next, fan. Next oh, awesome! Now yeah, next it. month already. Yeah. Sean's an October baby. He's uh, he's yep. born in oh, the yeah. Twilight. Yeah, October eleventh, and twenty days later is my favorite holiday. And yep. I, I unfortunately I don't get into the festivities like I did when I was a kid. But yeah. I still through my kids, I get to have the fun of seeing them having the enjoyment and run all over creation in our neighborhood oh, yeah. doing <laughs> trick-or-treat and everything oh, so good times good and times. put on some universal horror movies and stuff and just yes. sit back and have some good times that oh, sounds absolutely. great perfect uh, so but, but yeah that's got that's got to feel pretty good even five years after after ending that you're still in rotation somewhere like that that's some lasting power you should bump yourself up you're at least like I'm gonna go em- 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 right. I'm gonna go Emmerin. Oh, Emmerin! Wow, yeah, you're at least halfway there. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, so let's jump right into the to the to our topic today. Oh, oh, wait a minute! I think I hear somebody over there. Hang on a minute. No, no, under, under, no, around. Dearie my. Oh, we must work on these landings. I agree. Madam Rouse, are you all right? Oh, dearie my, yes. But there was something important I had to tell you. Now, what was that again? The news, madam. The news. It's time for the news. Huh. All right. Thank you, madam. Looks like we've got some news today. Uh, Danielle, do you maybe have some news you'd like to share? Well, I just washed my hair. Congratulations. So, <laughs> Sean nice and that. clean. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, so as some of, of you or hopefully um, your listeners may have heard, we are uh, putting up the bundle uh, deal for the toy guide and the character guide supplement from Dark Horse. Um, so finally, were- <laughs> yes, at last, people keep. I think people ask me like every other day, or have been like, "When is this going to go up? When is this going to go up?" So and that, and that was 5th, just me, folks. I was the one. I messaged her every <laughs> other day myself. So <laughs> it was it. Yeah. It was all Matthew. Matthew was the one who was asking about it. Um, it's going to be uh, on, up on September 5th. Uh, it's, I believe, on the PowerCon website. Um, and it's going to go up at 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, 12 noon Eastern time. 
uh, and it is the only way to get the Character Guide Supplemental. Uh, this is an exclusive book that is available through PowerCon. It is a Dark Horse book. Uh, if you are a collector of the Dark Horse books, um, this is the only way to get this book. Uh, as far as I know, it is not being republished at any point. Um, uh, that, that, to my knowledge, don't, you know, if they decide right. to do that, that's out of my control, but that's what I was told. Uh, and, as, as uh, of right now, there is, this is the only print. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a limited edition. Um, so I know the toy guide has been available on Amazon for a while now. And if you just want the toy guide, you don't care about the character supplemental, you can get the toy guide on Amazon. But if you would like both books, um, definitely uh, jump on this because uh, once this book pre-order sells out, I don't think, you know, other than secondary market, yeah. uh, you may not be able to get it. And it's a pretty good deal at $60 for the toy guide, which is enormous. The, the mm-hmm. toy guide is just crazy big. Uh, and uh, the supplemental guide is $20. So it's, and you have, you have to get them together. They come together in one pack. So it's 80 bucks. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. And uh, you get a lot of cool information. So if you're a big fan of the characters, the mythology and the lore, uh, and also the toys, uh, this is the, this is the, the full package here. You get all yep. Additional information, deep cuts, uh, lore for Masters of the Universe and stuff that we didn't get into the first book and corrections for some of the things in the first There were a couple little uh, flubs in the first book or things that we missed that fell through the cracks from the first book from like stuff like the filmation cartoon or the newspaper strips or, or the power tour, um, which there were some power tour stuff in the first book, but um, there was a lot missing because we didn't see it until – yeah. Um, PowerCon in 2017. So that stuff is all in in here as well. So there's a lot of nice. cool stuff in this particular book. And let's be honest here. Even if you don't care about the toys at all and only care about the supplemental, this is still the only way. So, uh, mm-hmm. yep. But uh, now, out of curiosity here, and um, so when you say you corrected things from the first guide um Mm -hmm. which i have not uh, found anything in my (laughs) read-throughs but i'm uh did you like actually call that out that it was a mistake in the first guide or did you just kind of put it in the second guide um it's called out it's called out um there there before the entry there's a a little uh preface that just says revision it says revision, gotcha. and then the corrected information is there. Like, for example, because the first book was so immense. I mean, it was like oh, yes. it was 700 pages. Yeah, it was like 700 oh. pages, too. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, so sometimes there was like a mix-up with like a picture. Uh, Philip is one that comes to mind, like the character Philip from the Filmation cartoon. Like the wrong – the picture of the wrong Philip, I think, was used in the entry for him. It was like meant to be the Mechanic son Philip, but the picture of the guard – little boy guard named philip was used instead by mistake in the book like things like that so there's like a revision like incorrect picture of philip was used in the in the first or so there was things things of that nature um uh or um there were a couple of examples that spring to mind but anytime there's an 
a revision like that, we call it out with revision. And then uh, anytime there's updated information, like if new canon has been added to an existing entry, it says update before. So like for classics, gotcha. like we had the, the new classic stuff is, is in there. So it's like Skeletor update. And then it's like the new, the additional, more recent information added to that to keep it as like up to date as as possible got with it. that stuff. And yep, sure enough, that you got Philip. Yep, you got the guard Philip uh, for the sun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's thing things like that, you know. So we tried gotcha. to be pretty diligent in in fixing anything that fell through the cracks. I mean, we proofed it so many times, but and it was a team of people proofing yeah. it, but. And things fall, things fall through the cracks. You know, there's so much there. Like, like I said, I've never, and I don't think anyone ever will. That's not the kind of book it is. You don't just sit down with a book like this and just read it straight through. You'll, your mind will explode. Mm-hmm. There's too much there. You use it, <laughs> use it as a reference. You use it as a dictionary. Yeah. I mean, I'm always cross-checking stuff and everything else. And uh, yeah. and so, for yeah, role playing. Role playing game like that's yeah. coming out. I think that that books like this are like a really good resource for mm. people that are like DMing or GMing or whatever the game, oh, or absolutely. just you know, it's a good resource to pull from for that too. Yeah, especially um, if you're the type of DM that likes to build their own campaigns. Like you've got all your locations, you've got all your spells, your artifacts, and you can just pile yeah. it all on together. So that's cool. yeah. Lots of stuff, and then there's like new stuff in the supplement too, like the DC, the DC crossovers, um, yep. the Thundercats and Injustice are in there. Um, we like really crazy stuff. Like Ayuka did uh, uh, ha- had told me about a finish tape, like a kidnapping of Tila, a story called the kidnapping of Tila, and it was released yeah. only in Finland. It was an audio tape. It was like a licensed audio tape. I'm like, I didn't know about that. So. Um, Yuka wrote the entries for that, you know, for example, and then there was this like whole whole chunk of German material that we couldn't, I knew about, but we couldn't get it into the first book. It was like the German pr- promotional magazines, which I think people, some I heard some people talking online and, and saying that, oh, they're doing, they're putting catalogs in there. And it's like, it's not a, there, there are toy <laughs> images in it and they, it yeah. is in a sense, part of it is, but there are full length text stories right. in in there like they're full text stories and then they made dioramas with the figures to go along with the story and before, they're, yeah. yeah they're pretty cool and sebastian vogel from planet eternia uh wrote loads of entries for those stories and there's lots of like lore and characters and histories for for some origins for some of the characters and stuff um that i thought were pretty cool uh, for He-Man, She-Ra, and New Adventures. So those were those are in there. Joe Amato did entries for like coloring books, where yeah. like we kind of drew the line in the first book. And we're like, we're not going to do coloring books because is that really a canon? But there are stories in some, yes, in some of those was. coloring books. So yeah, so we were like, so, and Joe is a big collector yeah. of those. So I was like, I asked him if he would do um, those. So he did entries for coloring books and uh, and a few assorted other things. Vid- and video games is another yeah. big canon that we couldn't get in there. And again, it was like one of those, are video games really a canon? But a lot of them have story material and unique artifacts with descriptions that only apply to those games or, or mm-hmm. creatures like the Sphinx uh, in, in uh, the PlayStation, I think it was the PlayStation game or the Game Boy Advance game. Um, and then um, 
those Commodore 64 games yep, had like, yep. you know, t- a lot of text that had, uh, you know, like the Harbinger clock and uh, like things that are, don't exist in other versions of Masters of the Universe. Uh, the mole people, is it the mole people of Arundiel or something like weird, like stuff that we didn't know about or that we didn't have in the, in the first book. So, uh, these are like deep cut things, you know, a, a lot of them, but they're really cool and they're, officially licensed story material so it's uh definitely worth getting for for fans of the of the lore and the characters yeah i completely agree and that's why i love these books it gets all in one area here because there's so much out there there's so much and i still (laughs) i'm still in awe of you and and the team that put all this stuff together because this book is just amazing it's uh (laughs) It's unbelievable. I never thought I would see something of this caliber. So, kudos well, to all it's, of you. I mean, it was a big team effort. Like you know, Eric Marshall did a lot of writing and a lot of work on it, and James too for that first book. James Etock in the first character guide did all the filmation entries for He Man yeah. and Shira, which just that alone is such a substantial amount of. Of material, if you think about all, all of those episodes with all of the different characters and locations and artifacts, it's like wow, that's just <laughs> crazy. And uh, Aiden Cross with the UK comics; those UK comics were there were a lot of them for that first book. So for the second book, he did the uh, uh, Princess of Power mini world books, uh, which is another like there were these like they were published by the same people that did the UK annuals. Mm-hmm. But they were like little hardcover books, um, and Aiden uh, tackled those for the second book because those didn't make it into the first book. Um, and so Aiden kind of, you know, found people that had them, scan- had sure. them scanned, and then and then uh you know wrote the entries for those and then we had people that were doing image acquisition and image restoration like Jacob Rougemont and Daniel Quintero uh Daniel Quintero did a ton of image restoration for both of these books for the both toy guide and the supplementary guide and uh and then rewrites like revisions and stuff like uh Aiden did that and then Jack Jack P Starro um out in Australia, Jack has did a lot of work, uh, work on that, but Aiden, especially, I think, did an immense amount of work on uh, the characters and re- revo- rewriting, you know, to make everything flow smoothly. You know, if you look at the entries in the first book, it's like one entry carries on from the next. And in in some of those instances, it says, you know, unlike the Golden Books, the mini comics presented Fisto as blah blah blah. You know, like right. things like that. Um, and phrasing and stuff like that. And then the toy guide, I mean, if you're a fan of, of the toy, if, t- the toy guide is something that I think is probably the most demanded book right now. Like people have been asking for the toy guide for a long time. And it's, uh, it ha- I mean, if you're a hardcore collector of Masters of the Universe, like you know what these toys look like, but... I mean, they really went to town on like all the different angles of the toy of the toy, the action features that they have, and and little write up for each figure, and then interviews with creators and sculptors and toy designers, which is really cool to read those and um, all the the sort of the big key toy lines from for He Man and Shira are in there. 
I mean, they didn't put stuff like reaction figures and stuff like that. Uh, there was only so much. I mean, with a book that big, you can't, right. like, you know, that would be, you'd wind up with like an encyclopedia set of, of books for mm-hmm. every, if you went, if you really went to town. So they drew the line there. But, uh, I did some work on that. I did maybe about 75 hours on that book. Um, oh, which was, which wasn't much <laughs> compared to, believe me, compared to these <laughs> other books. It's like not, yeah. not much. Um, and uh it's uh it's really cool. I think people are really gonna gonna dig it. Um if you like, you know, the toy looking at the toys and different and they restored the images, like things like Extendar, you know, tends to age the color to ten, he tends to get that greenish look yeah, to him and the pearlescent. So they yeah, so they restored him more to the original look of the image, you know, what he what he looked like in the eighties and um there are some really cool articles in there too. I know Val uh Staples, Val wrote an article in there that's that I think a lot of fans are gonna be uh intrigued by. Um I don't want to say too much, but it's a it's a pretty pretty cool piece I'm, that I'm he wrote in it there. Has to do with a savage He Man. That's that's I, just my that's, guess. I don't I don't I have no idea. I haven't even read it. <laughs> I haven't. I, I haven't read it. I am not allowed to read it apparently, but I, it is going to be something that I think fans are going to be excited to read about. But I don't know what I. I don't know what the content of the article is because I have not read it myself. So let's just put it that way. Nice right. <laughs> mm. plausible deniability. I like it. Uh, <laughs> no, they both sound like amazing books. Uh, I can't wait to get my hands on them. If if this was at an actual store, I'd already be camped out in line waiting. So I, I cannot awesome. wait. Um, so, guys, it's, that's this Saturday, September 5th. So if you're listening mm-hmm. to this episode, especially lately, it's probably tomorrow or maybe even today because I have not been getting these turned around very quick. Um, <laughs> so go noon Eastern, figure out the time difference, get over there, get your book ordered. Help support all these wonderful people that uh, work so hard on, to bring us all this information. Um, awesome. And then... The, <clears throat> oh, and that's the only way we'll get paid, too, I'm, I'm told. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the I, didn't, I didn't know if you wanted me these... just to state it outright. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah. to help, you, you know, know what? Really? It's it's pretty... I I, I uh, was asked to, to say that for, uh, you know, when we <laughs> Talking about these books just because we're it actually is true that um we did not get paid for either of these books um we did not get uh a any money for it so um the people who worked on it diligently um i mean i feel that i I would like to see my team on on this book on the supplement guide and on the people who worked on the toy guide get get some compensation for for all the hours that they put in um and so the only way to do that, from what I am told, is through the sales of this bundle. So if you want to support fans that, that worked on these books, that's the way to do that is to, to buy the, the, the two pack if you want it. If you, you know, if you're not into that, you want to get just the toy guide on Amazon. That's do it anyway. totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, ju- and just, just to reiterate, this is, there is a fixed number of these bundles available. This is not a pre-order window. This is once they hit that number, it's shut down, right? That's what my understanding is, yeah. Yep. Okay. And you probably I, can't. Uh, I, they, they won't reveal that number either, will they? I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think that's... I figured. That's 
public information. I can say this. It was produced in lower numbers than the Lords of Power five-pack for PowerCon that they did, that exclusive, um, which was not produced in super high numbers because it was an exclusive for a convention. And the book book bundle is less uh, than that. But I do think there will be enough for everybody who wants that. Like, I don't think... Like, I know people are like, I have to go the second it goes up. And yes, I do. think there will be... I, you should, yes. You should, that's what I'm mean, getting. Really if, want, you, if you really, if you really want, want this, a guarantee, yeah. <laughs> do not wait. Go this weekend, at least. I, I, I wouldn't think it would sell out within a week, but no, even, even so... Like, if you, it, yeah, it's not if like you they want only it, like go get it. Them, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like there are only ten in existence. It's I like mean, they're, you, they're... <laughs> anybody, even on pre-order windows, you always hear about that. I mean, NECA just did that big uh, Toka and Razar pre-order for from the second Turtles movie, and that thing was mm. up for like two or three weeks. And the day afterwards, mm. I heard people complain, "Oh, I missed it." It's like, no, you uh. didn't miss it. You just never <laughs> made the time to go get it. There's a difference. I. I know. I saw somebody say that about uh, Snake Mountain. They were yeah. like, oh, I was going to get it, and now it's the, I can't pre-order it anymore. It's like, was like you had months, all this it? time to get it. it yeah. Was, yeah, it was up for like a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. You'll always hear it, so. Yeah, run, don't walk, go get your books. Uh, and then another thing real quick before we get into the topic. Um Yes, no. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Danielle did post her final 50 of her Masters of the Universe Classics wish list video. So if you guys haven't seen that yet, go check that out. Uh, again, thank you, Danielle, because this is something that you, you did just out of your own desire to see classics continue. You put together these wish list videos, you put time and energy into them. And, you know, we, we do appreciate it. Uh, the, so she did one big swan song with the last 50 characters that she wants to see. And uh, it's about 40 minutes, but it's well worth it, people. Go check that out. I'm going to have a link down below. Uh, oh, thank you. So that you guys thank can you. Check it out. <laughs> thank you guys for uh, mm-hmm. letting me know that I missed 2000X. Prince Adam in the very yes. <laughs> absolutely. I, gave, I I was like I have to put him in this because it's like you know Matthew and Sean remind and I totally forgot to include uh, um, Tom O'Callaghan was like oh what about King Ago and I was like oh no I forgot King Ago that means I have to do a you the next a, final you have 50. to do a supplement <laughs> a supplemental wish list video. Yes! Yeah. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Supplemental final wish list video. <laughs> and that's it. That's the but, same I mean, final again. It's like the <laughs> ultimate, the third ultimate battleground. It's like, no, the third ultimate. Oh anything. no, don't, don't um, go back to that. No, no. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who no. got stuck working on that. No, don't say, I'm not going to talking smack, not talking smack. Not, we're um, not talking smack. <laughs> we're just not going to talk about it at all. But, no, but that's the beauty of Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, is you did... I lost count of how many single wishlist videos you did. Um, I mean, a couple couple dozen at least, right? I mean, I it think, was... Uh, yeah, I think it was about 20... Maybe 23, 24 of them, yeah. Yeah, and one of those, the 2000X one, had like 10 pit characters in it. Not, you know, mm-hmm. Prince Adam, 
but you know, ten Not other less deserving characters. <laughs> um, so you've done a no, final that, fifty. Is the thing. Yeah, you've done. I, I, you've done like twenty other videos. I mean, you're talking. You got close to probably a hundred characters in these wish list videos, and you're still sitting here going, "Oh, I could have done this guy. I could have done that guy. Mm-hmm. I could have done this person." <laughs> For all the people who are saying all oh, classics was done, we were it's it. There's nothing left. No, there is so much left. There's a whole universe left before I feel you even get to the real real Z list characters. You know, yeah. Definitely. That's that's when you start doing the like the Phillips of the world is when you're down yeah. scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I mean, yeah. the fact that we we never got a dragoon, we never got a hunga the harpy. I mean. They're, they're we, all, we almost got a hung of the harpy. We were pretty close to getting a hung of the harpy. That's oh, the yeah. heartbreaking thing. It's like because of having worked on on the <laughs> line at that point and knowing what was on tap mm-hmm. to come in the next couple of waves, and then to see that go away was kind of like heartbreaking. Because like, oh, there were characters I really wanted in the in those yeah. waves, and that a lot of fans want, um, you know, still. And then to see. Um, you know, we have the origins and then we have this masterverse and I'm like, okay, well maybe that will be if they do masterverse and it's in scale with classics yes. and it blends and it's compatible with classics, um I would hope that they would not just keep doing the A list characters over and over yes. and over again, like here's you know Master, here's Revelation A-list characters. Here's the Filmation yeah. A-list characters. Here's the 2000X A-list characters. Like, can we have like some uh, unique characters to right. put with our classics figures? You sure. know, like the Hung of the Harpy or Lady Slither or something that would could sit on a shelf with classics. If it's just the packaging that's different, then. I'm like, all right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, the silhouettes for for those animation uh, was character uh, models. They yeah. look more 2000x to me than yeah. than class classics. So I I yeah. don't uh, jury's out until we actually see them. But that said, they have all that tooling for 12 years of of Masters of the Universe classics. What are they going to do with all that tooling? I'm sh- they're probably going to use some of that anyway. Yeah, Although third. So. Thirty points of articulation, though I don't know. Thirty points of articulation—that's that's. I mean, that's a different. That sounds yeah. like a different yeah. style to me, just by saying that. So I don't know. Well, and let's well, not we'll even we'll get see. into these these collectors that are you know very unhappy when the joints aren't completely tight, right, Sean? <laughs> think think about that. I may do. I found my own ways around these problems. <laughs> thirty points of articulation—that's. 30 potential issues with standing that figure on your shelf. I'll, hey, I'll tell Wait. you what. I'll do a live video on Facebook when that hits, and Absolutely. you can see me have my mental breakdown if the ankles are loose, <laughs> like classics and some of those, because uh, it, it was the craziest thing. When I opened my first He-Man Classics yep. figure, and then I'm like, oh, this is amazing. It felt like, you know, the angels were singing, the beam of light from heaven was coming down and I'm <laughs> holding this figure. Then all of a sudden, that one ankle just whoop, 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 whoop. I'm like, <laughs> what? And then, and then it became like, you know, the quest to find the ultimate yep. tight-ankled He-Man. <laughs> and it didn't matter to me about the it other did. figures. It's just like, I needed a tight-ankled He-Man because he's that guy. You know, did, you, did, you, did you try uh, Pledge Future Shine? That's I did a- that. 
You did. I, it didn't work. I did. I have a no. It, it does work, but the only thing is, uh, there were some that were so loose that I had to go over it like five or ten coats oh, before it actually you. stuck properly, and I got okay. so tired of doing it. I did the rubber bands with the clear elastics, and and then I even used Mod Podge, which that apparently is just like it's you know glue. Boom, you're yeah. done. But apparently okay. it comes out if you use hot water. But the thing that I ended up doing, and this is what saved me to, from from going completely OCD out the window, was I ended up just uh, boot swapping a bunch. Yeah. Oh. To be honest, I, I'd get the the newer uh, one without the pin going, and then I'd pop some of those off from figures that I like through trades or whatever. And then I pop them on to the figure I wanted, and if the, if it was close enough, that's the only problem. I'm not going to pick yeah. them. So if it's close enough, yeah, good to go. So cool. I'm that guy. That's a, I am, that's a, I am like <laughs> so. It was it was like the bane yeah. of my existence when I got into that line. So. Oh, it's crazy. I'm afraid to <laughs> dust. Du- you see all these figures back here. I'm afraid yeah, yeah. to du- dust these figures. I have like compressed air that I spray them with sometimes, but it's like mm-hmm. I do at some point want to take them out individually and really give them a good cleaning. But it's like yeah. I know if I put them back, they're going to be like shelf diving left and right. I'm going to. Yeah. Get up in the morning and there'll be like twelve <laughs> figures on oh, the floor, yeah. and I'm so paranoid about them breaking because some of them are like so expensive on the secondary market, like a Fisto or this or the mm-hmm. Shadow Weaver or something falls and breaks. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just like, when the heck did Fisto get to three hundred dollars? Yeah, that's insane. Recent, right? and, and and Scareglow is like, uh, I yeah. saw one. The lowest I saw on eBay recently was two hundred eighty dollars. Wow, yeah. oh, that's like, nuts. Yeah, I, I never paid over. I did pay a little over a hundred for my scare glow because I got into yeah. the line late, but mm-hmm. I wasn't paying anything like that. And oh, no, yeah, that's crazy. So. Whiplash. I heard Whiplash is going for a lot too. Yeah. I, I didn't. I haven't looked, but I heard he's going for a lot. The most yeah. I paid was for Bronze King Grayskull because it was such a limited, and I didn't get him at, when he first existed. You know, so I got him. Years later, a few years later, and he was three hundred bucks for the Bronze King King Gray Skull wow. variant. Yeah, so yeah. that's the most I've ever paid for for a figure. Yeah, yeah we know we're, you're talking to two guys that <laughs> did not get into the subscriptions. So we're both. Uh, I think most yeah. of my figures and Sean's come from the secondary market. Uh, too bad yeah. is the one I paid the most for. And I still got yeah. a deal on him at I think he was like eighty bucks. Um, so yeah, yeah. Couldn't beat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know that's even that is is pretty pretty pricey, but it's too bad. Yeah. You kind of have you have you have to have too bad. You know, <laughs> it's well below. It. He usually goes for over a hundred now. So wow. And I I just got him this past year. So I've done the majority of my classics collecting within the past couple of years. Um Well, you know, a lot of people from when I I'm hearing people are like unloading their collections cuz they're like all in on Origins they're and they're lying. like so they're like <laughs> next next Tur- next, next toy line. I'm like that. I don't know if that's uh, Eric mentioned that he's like a lot of people yeah. are unloading their collections. I'm like what? A lot that's, of people are saying horrible. that. I have not seen it, or even it. Because you think if that much, because I've seen it a lot too. People saying I'm done with this. I'm selling them off. But you think if that much product was hit in the market, it should result in a drop in pricing. 
because it's all just sitting there. But I, but if anything, everything's going higher. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who knows? But it, it has mm-hmm. not helped out the prices. So, no. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. And um, and the funny thing is, like these the Super Seven waves. Yeah. Like I think those are going to be the ones. Like if classics ends or if they bring it back like whatever in a couple of years i think those super seven waves are going to be worth big bucks because those were produced in lower quantities compared to the mattel uh runs and also the PowerCon exclusives like those those are lower run figures um so you know stuff like the wave with the dialamug and and karg and and um Wrap trap and stuff like that. Yeah. That wave, I think, is going to be worth big bucks down the road. Yeah. Fang or uh, was it Fang or is already like a hundred plus figure? You know, yeah, two hundred yep. plus. Whoa, is he, he's up 200? to two hundred now. The last wow. time that I saw people, I, I saw them in groups on Facebook selling them. They wanted like two twenty five for him. Yeah. And then, wow. like for the ultimates, the original five ultimates, yeah. the Super Seven. Yeah, did, those have really jumped. You up figure too. at mm-hmm. least a hundred bucks a pop for those figures, and Whoa. some like He Man and Skeletor. You're going maybe five, uh, hundred fifty to two hundred, maybe depending wow. on it. So, yeah. Yikes! Wow. Yeah. No, every, this is why. Different. Well, well, the thing is that like anybody who's all in on Origins is looking at those figures and going, "I don't want to pay that money." Yeah. But yeah. then I look at the Origins figures and go, "But I'd rather have that detail, that quality, yes. that look, the aesthetic." I, I love the proportions. I love just looking at those and going, "That feels like home to me." The Origins just—they aren't cutting it for me. Yeah, I, me I felt me good when. It, when I heard Rose Google and and you were the first to, to come out and go, <laughs> I admire what they're doing, but and I was like, thank you because the minute the minute you went there, I'm like, I like this because I, I like knowing that somebody gets it like me. It's like let, let's not stop classics, let's yep. do this and yeah, Origins. No. It's like it's nice to be there. It's nice for you know the the, the newbies to come yeah. in and enjoy them as well. But classics yeah. is something special to me. Origins feels like it's like. Oh, we're tr- we're trying to capture the look of the vintage and- with the articulation of classics, and yet we're less than the sum of our parts. Like it just yes. doesn't feel. It's like the vintage line is so iconic that you yes. shouldn't try to like. Here's our new v- new version of vintage. It's like no, the vintage line is like you can't recreate that. And classics was already the ultimate line for adult yes. collectors. Yeah. I mean, it was like it hit all the sweet spots for me uh, anyway, uh, and for a lot of people. So Origins to me is like this is trying to be like vintage and it's not, It's it doesn't feel like it to me or it doesn't feel like classics either. It just kind mm-hmm. of like, I, I mean, I hope kids like it. I don't get the appeal of, like, everybody's like, oh, they pop apart. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, like why would I? Why do I want to pop apart my figures? Like, because I, I was talking to Rob Bass. He's like, "Well, yeah. don't you remember kids used to put the wrong arms on the camera?" I'm like, "I never did that. That I, <laughs> I didn't like doing that. I just wanted to have like if I wanted Clawful, I wanted Clawful. I didn't want to have yeah. Clawful with man at arms arms on him. Like, yeah. why would I do that? Exactly. <laughs> I did. So, I did. I did do battle damage. Uh, lots of evil warriors would lose arms. I never, <laughs> I never swapped them around. It was, if I was doing anything, it was like, oh, he chopped Clawful's arm off, you know? 
Oh, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> the, the the whole idea of taking stuff apart it, it comes back to when I was when I was uh, my mom used to stay home with me and I'd get to play toys all day and all that kind of stuff before I got into like kindergarten. And uh, there was one day she was on the phone with my dad, and out of nowhere she heard me screaming, crying. Uh, you know, four year old me, I'm screaming, crying. She runs into the living room thinking something fell on me or I fell, you know, did something. And she's like, what's wrong? And I hold up my He-Man figure and there's a leg in one hand and the rest of the oh, figures yeah. in the other hand. Oh no. And it was the first time I learned that the, the rubber band would break because I put oh. him on, I put him on the, um, I'm going to say I put him on the road ripper. And yeah. because of how he had to sit in the road ripper, it made that, rubber band just twist and i guess i played with them so much it just boom it was off uh, and i couldn't play with my toys the rest of the day until i had he-man yeah. back so my dad had to actually go to toys r us grab me <laughs> a new he-man bring him home uh-huh. and then she saw a smile on my face for the first time after the incident and yeah. it's like i don't want to take my stuff apart for the fact that i was already yeah. traumatized <laughs> and i know how that feels <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was, yeah i never swapped armor i never swapped you know, weapons, uh, you know, if I was playing, maybe a villain might pick up a hero's weapon, stuff like that, but not, like, mm-hmm. just, like, creating, you know, not, like, just swapping just to create something new, you know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I never th- I never even thought about it. All the armor was removable and everything, and it never occurred to me, like, take man-at-arms armor and put on He-Man or something like that. No, oh, but, and I, and I can see how, like, little kids with the origins would like that thing, like just popping things apart and putting them together and stuff like, especially if they have no connection to the characters prior to that. And they're like, Oh, look, I can mix and match. Like I could see that. I think, but we're coming at it like, okay, we have, we know who the characters are. We have this preconceived No, I'm like, I don't want to, why would I do that? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, and even as a kid, I just I didn't do that, and I was very careful with my figures too. I put I would put them like very carefully on the shelf. I didn't, you know, I had them like displayed. Um, I would even <laughs> get upset if like he man. Remember this the guard, the hand guard, and the sword that would always yeah. break. That little it would just because it was so fragile, and eventually it would snap, and I'd be like, oh I don't know, no, I'd be so sad that that was even that little thing broke, you know. I remember that, trying to fix it with super glue, and I couldn't even <laughs> fix it. You know, <laughs> that I act, I actually cut that off because I wanted <laughs> it to look like the filmation power sword. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I like, I don't. That. What is this thing? Get this off of here. I want my it's like, power is this sword. An extra, is this an extra piece of plastic they yeah. put on here? For what? Yeah, <laughs> like I, like on the turtles figures, you had the weapons, you had to pull yeah. off the rack. Yeah. There, it's like, oh look, one of these is left. Let me cut this off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing, so I'm I'm in the same boat as Matt. I cut the thing off eventually. Like the second he man I got, I just took scissors and just cut yeah. it off. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Now it looks like the yeah. every looks, version yeah. I've seen except for the figure, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, good times. Oh. So uh, sorry. Anybody else have any more news before we jump into our topic of tonight? No. Nope. We're good. All right. Uh, so, Danielle, since you were our special guest host, uh, you got to pick the topic today. So why don't you go ahead and introduce us to what we'll be discussing tonight? Well, um, most people in the Masters of the Universe community 
talk about the cartoons, talk about the 87 movie, talk about the mini comics, the star comics, all the stuff we love, the golden books, ladybird books, UK comics, all the stuff we, we know and love. But very few people have discussed the 1987 live action stage show, the power tour. And there you go. The, the, the program reprint for the power tour. I have it too. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 uh, Val recreated, uh, reprinted these for as a power con item uh, in uh, for the anniversary, the the 30th anniversary of the Power Tour in 2017. So that was a really exciting. I assume that's where you got it. Was from um, Power Con or ordered uh, it through? No, no, actually. Is that the original? I... Is that the original or? No, no, it's a replica. It is a replica oh. from from the Power Con. But I actually won uh, an eBay lot with both of the Golden Giant picture books and the oh, Power yes. Tour replica. Yeah, I have those replica. too. Yeah, so that's awesome. No, that's it was. It, it was like so. It got it, it had this re- replica guide, and it had the Evil Warriors and the Heroic Warriors, the giant ones, and I won it for like twenty bucks shipped. It was amazing. Um. Uh, I, it was a really bad title on there. It was like that's that's a good Masters deal. of the Universe. Wow, that's books. a good deal because those giant golden, yeah, those giant golden books are not cheap either. So that's a that's no. a good deal. Yeah, no, I, was watching I have, I have I had, those. I've got those. I had like a generic search save for like Masters of the Universe books, and that's how someone put it. It was like Masters of the Universe books, and then the, the, the description they've listed everything, so it wasn't coming up on any of my like any of the, like giant picture books, and yeah. I, I got a hell of a deal on that. So, um, before actually That's before awesome. that, I didn't even know this was a thing. I'll be honest; I was buying it just for the uh, the giant picture books. But once I got this in hand and mm-hmm. saw some of these cool designs in here, I'm like, "All right, I I need to know more about this." And then I <laughs> did not research any more about it until Danielle came to me a couple weeks ago and said, "Hey, how about we discuss the power tour?" So, well, this is probably going to be pretty short for me, uh, but maybe you guys might have more. Um, yeah. So, when, wh- how were you guys, I mean, you guys basically just heard how I was first introduced to Power Tour because I was, uh, what did you say, Danielle, this came out in 1987, correct? 87, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was about two years old, depending on the time of the year. So I had yeah. no idea this existed until the days of the internet. And even then, I knew about Songster for a while, because he's gotten quite a bit of popularity. Um, but mm-hmm. other than that, I knew nothing about it until I got this Power Tour book about a year ago, and then within the past couple yeah. of weeks. So uh, yeah. do, do you guys have any memories of when you were kids of actually hearing about this or anything? Um, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I, I, I think I remember commercials. Um, cause that, I would have been about eight or nine years old when that hit. And that was also the year that we were moving. So it's like my pop culture kind of got interrupted at points, but, um, I, I feel like I remember seeing like Orko on the TV, like someone dressed as Orko, like coming out of something and it's like, Oh, the power, <laughs> power tour or whatever. And I remember like thinking it, I'm not going to be able to see it because it felt like it was just, they were talking about it being in New York and all this <laughs> other stuff. So I just kind of went with it and I said, all right, you know, that that's out, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. And 
the most exposure I got to it actually was today when I checked out the uh, <laughs> the PowerCon panel that you headed uh, and and moderated, and uh, I was amazed at the charm that, that of the Power Tour. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very short. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, t- I I never got to see the Power Tour uh, in the eighties. I do remember reading about it in the Masters of the Universe magazine and seeing a pic- pictures from it, like uh, of uh, a Jack Wadsworth and and Leslie Wadsworth, um, and so I was aware of its existence, but it didn't come around here where I am in Massachusetts, like Boston or. Providence never got the power tour. The closest it came was New York to Radio City Music Hall, which was probably mm-hmm. the big, the, yeah, the biggest uh, sort of success that the power tour had. I believe was at was at Radio City Music Hall because um, they sold out, and I think they did like three performances there or something. And so it then, um, so I had been aware of it for years, but it kind of was one of those elusive. I I tend to like. When I know something exists and that it had a substantial existence at some point in yes. in the brand's history and that it's sort of like vanished off the face of the earth, I, I kind of go into this zone where I'm like, I have to find that <laughs> and 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 we, we we have to kind of preserve this like cause yes. it exists, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. it was like the newspaper strips, you know. So I was like kind of dead set on like tracking down the power tour. Like we it's like we got it, we got. It. And a lot of people would dismiss it. There was there's this wonderful blog. Uh, Matthew Martin does this great blog about the power tour. Um, and it's um, actually I just had it up a little while ago. Uh, I should give the URL the the motu uh, power tour dot blogspot dot com. He's had that site uh-huh. for years for I'll years. Yeah, and I'll yeah, put a link yeah. down below there too once this episode airs. So I was yeah. on that today after I saw the footage. Oh, okay, yeah, because <laughs> okay, I was curious. Cool. So I needed to yeah. know a little more. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things where I think a lot of fans, like when the, if you saw that as a kid, you have very fond memories of. It. Like I know Val saw it as a kid. Rob Bass saw it when he was a kid. He has big, he has very fond memories of it. But if you didn't, a lot of like I think a lot of our older, you know, fan base kind of is pretty dismissive of it. Like oh, it's kind of corny. And, and come on, I mean this Masters of the Universe. Like I embrace all of the aspects. It's like hey, this this was something like a lot of people put a lot of work into this thing. Yes. Um, so yeah, two act full length stage show with a storyline, and there were songs. It's a musical, you know, but there were songs and lore and history of of the characters. You find out how Prince Adam got his sword and all this. Um, how uh, Adora became Shira. Skeletor and Hordak training with like when he was his apprentice, like cool stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, uh, we try, we, uh, in 2017, but uh, well, do- through doing PowerCon and being, at, uh, the guest manager for PowerCon for several years, um, we had people from the Power Tour come to the convention. Usually it was Jack and Leslie Wadsworth, He Man and Shira, who are a married couple in real life. Um, and we had them there and they're super nice people, like really, really nice people. And, um, when the anniversary was coming up, we wanted to celebrate the anniversary of the power tour in a big way. And I was talking to Val and I said, this thing has to exist somewhere. Like somebody has this because you could tell the way they talked about it. They were very fond of it. And, um, 
it turned out, like, as we did some digging, that Gus Park, who played Ninjor in the Power Tour, everybody kept pointing me, like, talk to Gus, talk to Gus Park. He was Ninjor in the Power Tour, and he was the martial arts coordinator for the Power Tour. So I tracked Gus down, and Gus is a professional Elvis impersonator who he's uh. <laughs> uh, quite the character like like Ninjor is an Elvis impersonator just wrap your head around that you know uh and mm. so and he's a, he's a real hoot uh, uh Gus so you know I had a couple of uh, lengthy phone conversations with Gus and um he he had many tapings of the power tour he he saved pretty much everything like many of the performances that he had on tape and the the cast would get together and have parties like you know every couple years they'd have a party they'd get together at one of their houses and they would watch the power tour together uh they it was like sort of you know you're in a show like that touring for like a year all over the u.s and canada you you know you get that family bond with each other that you went through that together you know so they were all very sort of protective of it you know um and um uh, it took some finagling between me and val kind of tag teaming it a little bit you know with, mm-hmm. with gus we, you know we convinced them to to you know help us out and have a big celebration by screening this at, at PowerCon for the first time in 30 years that anybody had seen it and we got a lot of the actors and the crew people um who were in it we got eric eric van bars who was skeletor who was now a he is a dance uh theater instructor at a university <laughs> and when we reached out to him he was flabbergasted that anybody even <laughs> knew he was Skeletor or cared that he did this. He was tickled by it. He was just delighted that this was like people wanted to see this thing and wanted to hear about it. So we got him and Forbes Candlish, who was the assistant director, and Gary Goddard, who directed the Masters of the Universe movie, was mm-hmm. very – he wrote – he co-wrote the Power Tour. He was yes, – he showed was surprising. up. Yeah, he was, uh, he was heavily involved in that. And in fact, he – Prior to that, uh, Goddard was known for doing live action events at like places like un- the Universal uh, yeah. theme parks, things like that. So he um, had Jack and Leslie were Conan and Red Sonia in a live action version of that, and Gary had created that whole you know show for for the theme park, and so that's how they kind of got pulled in as human and sheer when Gary you know kind of brought them along the landmark entertainment brought brought them along for for that um and um and the storyline is uh if you guys watched it you know and i wrote i yes. wrote up like a sort of a synopsis of it a while back but um i was kind of take so nerdy i was i'm like taking notes as i'm like you know on my <laughs> phone as it's playing because we screened it twice we did the the screening with the commentary which is what's on youtube and then we did a screening without commentary and was actually gus brought like a different recording of it which had a better act one so we played that at night and that was a small audience for the second screening like people wanted to watch it the first time because they hadn't seen it in all those years but the nighttime screening was not as well attended there were maybe like 15 people in the room for that for that late oh. later night screening um, that's actually uh sean knows I, li- I like to do my notes and the last mm-hmm. note i had was can we see that second because you guys alluded to that at the end of the power Con panel it's on youtube 
They alluded yeah. to another screening. Can we see that anywhere? That's that's my last note of the. No, thing that's there. that's Gus. Like I said, Gus I was you were really. That. He was really <laughs> not into people taping it. Like he wanted no phones. Like he for that second screening, he was very adamant. I mean, to the point where he like the DVDs and stuff. Like he uh, had them in his room. Like he wouldn't give them right. to the person who was going to play it on the screens until the last minute that it was going to happen like mm-hmm. he was very you know because he i think he didn't want people copying it or make selling it you know what i mean like making yeah. money off of it and stuff like that because he wants his he wants his to dream actually is, do it yeah yeah his, his dream is to like for that to be released officially and he did right. he was trying to make some headway with that with Mattel and stuff like it's really universal that would have to do that they I mean it would be cool to have that as like a restored thing you know to uh, but I don't know if that'll ever happen I don't know if there's any real appeal to that uh for I mean there is for hardcore fans but I don't know if like the general public would <laughs> want to buy that but it is cool and it's a it's a piece of Masters of the Universe history with a lot of lore like I mean going back to the preternian times and seeing the yeah. how, the 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 five good wizards which is basically the elders and how they mm-hmm. battled the snake men and trapped them behind the mystic wall and then Hordak was the leader of the snake men like he yeah. came and led the snake men I was like wow so there's like a theory that sprung up it's like maybe Hordak was the unnamed one and that you know like you know, can trying to connect the mini comics to what yeah. was said in the power I like, like, oh. <laughs> I like that better than an evil troll and leading them so <laughs> yeah I got that here it's a uh, they really did the research. I mean, the, the name drops they were pulling, you know, they, uh, the Crystal Falls, Point Dread. I mean, they yeah. were... And this is in 19... I mean, you're probably writing in 1986, so it's not even like... I mean, Crystal Falls was a newer place, but like Point Dread, that had been released, you know, years prior to that. Like, Mattel's not even worried about that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It just... It really felt, uh, watching it through, like, number one, these actors cared. Even though they have some great stories, uh, check out, I got the link down below to that PowerCon panel. Check it out, because they got some great stories about messing with each other, and it's hilarious. But like <laughs> yeah. you said, yeah. it's because it's they were together so long. They said over a year, and they had 300-plus shows. Like, that is, that's an insane amount of shows. For, for pretty much the one mm-hmm. cast, they said they swapped guys in, like here or there, depending on illness and whatnot. But basically, this core cast did 300 shows together. That's unheard of, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and really. I, and, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. You No, you go for it. Oh, I was just going to say. Um, and, and, and I lost what I was going to say, so you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, and it's it, it that is a substantial uh, run, uh, you know, and something mm-hmm. that's practically almost not not forgotten, but it's, yeah. it's sort of a, a very much I think yeah. a, a sidebar for a lot of fans. And it's like they um, Jack and Leslie gave me this press kit um, for the Power Tour, which was really nice of them to to give this to me. Um, nice. And uh, I don't know if it's showing on. Yeah, you're good. There. You're good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has all these this information it has the character su- summaries, 
that came in there, uh, tales of the, of the attorney and power tour, news releases, yeah. um, production credits, and then all these great, uh, pictures. There's the, the, just like little pamphlet that, that came in here. The, uh, this was this one from, Riverside Centroplex, two performances, Sunday, January 11th, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, and then really cool pictures of Jack and Leslie Wadsworth. Do not duplicate, it says. Oh, well, well, I scanned it and put it on the org. So. Uh. <laughs> I, was say, I, got, I got some of it up here. I, got the, I really like that world premiere uh, uh, banner or uh, advertisement oh. with Skeletor's yeah. face in the background. That is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Oh, Zach Hoffman, who was Man at Arms, but also was the voice of Zartan in the G.I. Joe cartoon in the 80s. So really? Zach Hoffman, who played Man at Arms, yes, he was uh, he was Zartan, the voice of Zartan. So that was like a bonus for fans who went to PowerCon oh, wow. who were also G.I. Joe fans. Their songster, Doug Howard, uh, yeah. became a sort of the cult figure character from from that to the yes. point where he almost had a classics figure in 2016. And... Um, <laughs> And then Hordak and Skeletor uh, over there in front of Castle Grayskull. Um, so oh, lots I love of cool. That shot. Yeah, that is a cool shot, isn't it? Yeah, with the with the two of them. Um, but yeah, and that, one thing I really liked about about this show um, is I like the origin of how Shira got the the sort of protection because what they did was, as I'm sure you saw in the thing is um, in the video, he uh, he man they went back to the two halves of the power sword idea, kind but of, instead yeah. of kind of they kind of did. I mean, it was yeah. it, it was he man sort of split split his sword and gave gave the other. Uh, they split the sword, and it became, the other half became the sword of protection. And he gave it to Shira, and was like, "Oh, that's kind of that kind of reminded me of the two halves of the power sword idea, but applied yeah. to the sword of protection instead." I'm like, "That actually kind of works." Like tying that that into that, um, it, it was uh, it's really cool story. I mean, corny. Some of it was corny, you know. Like, oh, of course, absolutely. you know, you had the, some of the songs. Some of the songs are just like, "Oh God, please." What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I listening so- listening to the songs. It, it really felt like Jim Steinman from. Uh, he he wrote a lot of Meatloaf's material back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like if Jim Steinman just decided I want to write He Man for an afternoon, and he just went nuts, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like they're catchy and stuff. But I'll, I'll tell they you are. what the the Masters of the Universe song that they did there <laughs> it can't be topped by anything other than. The record, the full LP, it just can't be because yes. you have all those people on the stage. You mean you can't have them? We are the masters of the universe. Yeah, yeah. That should have been in that musical. Yes. It should have been in there somewhere. Yes. And I, I was a little like, I always, they ha- it was on, already written. Song, it was songster, already <laughs> only songster could get away with rhyming. Masters of the Universe with un- universe with universe. Welcome yeah. to my universe. Yep. Masters of the universe. <laughs> Wait a minute. See, I don't know the word with itself. <laughs> I, felt, I felt Sean like that, like their Masters of the Universe theme song was an extension of that record book that it, we've covered. It could have been. It was, it was like it was I felt it was, it was very much sequel. in the same vein, you know. It was. <laughs> 
I, I, like the, I like the cir- the circus song that led up because they had the Eternian Circus where they showed all the different creatures. And yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> like the the vaudeville number that he did with Orco Songster and Orco did together. Doug Har- Howard is a real singer; like he has a band to this day. Like he's in, he's in a band, and um, unfortunately, he couldn't come to PowerCon because he was like he wanted us to fly out the entire band and he wanted to perform at PowerCon, which would have been nice. epic, but it was expensive. To, we couldn't afford Absolutely. to fly like the whole band out but that would have been mm. i would have loved to have had him him there um now who, he who was, one was of the, sorry uh, who was the songster oh, no. that you brought up during the power con panel who who what fan was that oh that was the wonderful johnny bilson who is an amazing oh. like you guys he's a johnny bilson is like if I you know go to name. power he's legendary he played uh triclops in um mm-hmm. dan mm-hmm. benedict's fall of grayskull he is a uh, yep. amazing amazing artist who creates like beautiful costumes like yes hardcore like prof- movie quality uh well, the- costumes you know so and he did a songster costume with a guitar he made yeah. the guitar and everything and he looked just like like he him. Did. It was, i thought i you thought know. you had doug howard there when he came up on <laughs> stage i thought oh, I oh my god they actually got him and then but then when you didn't introduce him as doug howard i'm like okay but that probably wasn't him then you know um i, I think i called him son of songster <laughs> yeah that's yeah a, you yeah, did actually yeah, yeah, that's yeah what, he looked he looked just like him right uh the costume yeah, no, was perfect john johnny bilson is amazing if i recall correctly he got the part in fall of gray school because he already had the triclops armor like that's just something I, I he so. did <laughs> he did it for fun just to be like just for yeah. cosplay and then if I recall oh, yeah. correctly, Daniel Bendix like, well, since you have all that, like, come yeah. on over. <laughs> he has a he has Johnny has a booth every year at PowerCon, and he he usually does a different cosplay at his booth every day, and he sell he like he he does commissions and so, like he makes co- yeah. costumes. He's uh, like one, one year he came as the Mighty Specter. There's a picture floating <laughs> around. I haven't I don't I haven't seen it in years. This was like him him and and Scott Knight like at a at the yeah. bar. Hanging out far. <laughs> I think I've seen that. That's ringing some bells. Yeah. yeah, and then one year he did King Randor. Like he he does like different every year. He'll do all, all these different outfits, and, and they're perfect. Like the 2000 X Triclops that he did yeah. is just yeah. so good with the visor and everything. And then um, Songster sang in the Power Tour. He sang all his own songs, but he was him and uh, I believe Zach Hoffman, who was Man at Arms were the only two who actually were doing their own voices, like live speaking. The other right. actors were lip syncing to f- the filmation actors, because yeah. that was John, John I Irwin. I thought it was. He, I thought it yes. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan Oppenheimer was Skeletor and Melinda Britt was Shira. So they had them doing the voices, which is really cool to have the filmation voices, but it was... Um, the actors were kind of lip syncing to mm-hmm. to them, uh, but Songster and Man at Arms were using their own speaking voices. Yeah, and, no, that that was awesome listening through it, and I'm like, it was John, it was John Irwin's voice. Um, yeah. Melindy's, I don't yeah. know if it's because of the quality of the recording or what, but it sounded a little off. But when He Man spoke, I'm like, that is John Irwin. There is no yeah. way oh, yeah. that is anybody yeah. doing an impersonation <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, when you see Jack Wadsworth dressed as he man, it's like, yeah, that that's coming out of his mouth. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. like uh, it, it was it was the craziest thing. They have that um, the there's the one storybook drawn by Bruce Tim where it's He Man going over to Etheria <laughs> to rescue Orko, 
And the yeah. way Jack Wadsworth looks is basically, here's Bruce yeah. Tim, He-Man, come yeah. to life, with yeah. John Irwin coming out of his totally. mouth. You're just like, I buy it. I, I, totally. I was sitting there today no, yeah. watching this yeah. and going, I just completely buy that. Yeah. That just works. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know what's funny? Like, he has a beard now, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. there's a King He-Man. You know yeah. the King He-Man? <laughs> oh, man. The yep. that Simon did is like King Man, he was in the he's in the Conan King Conan pose and it's King yeah. Man. I'm like, you look like King He Man. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome with the beard and everything. I'm like, oh, you should dress up like that one. He's like, oh, I'm not, I need to get back. I need to get back in because he's still pretty big, but he's not like how he was in, in the 80s, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, he um, uh, Alan Oppenheimer was definitely Skeletor in that. I mean, I was told it was Melinda Britt too, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I never saw like a voice credits for the people, but it's clearly John Irwin and Alan Oppenheimer, and they were like, All oh, right. they got the cartoon, cartoon people to do the voices. So I thought that was Melinda Britt. That's what I was told, but it probably was. Like I said, it just there's, I mean, like I said, the quality of it was, you know, especially yeah. at some yeah. point. So, um, but the John Irwin was the one that I'm like, I know that's him. Oh yeah, oh, unmistakable. Yeah. Um, there's. Yeah, and then it was great. Like you guys talked about the music a little bit earlier. Um, it was a little bit of that, Sean, but there was also a little bit of a Disney quality too. Like especially like the King and Queen song where they're getting together. Yeah. Like that sounded Beauty and the Beast to me. Um, yeah, and then the Sorceress song. Yeah, <laughs> but I was honestly as as a as a thirty five year old man, I was enjoying the hell out of it. Like some, I, yeah, I was I was all in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, the thing the thing for me was I I guess originally when I saw commercials or when I thought of Power Tour, to me it was almost like Disney on Ice. Yeah. And That's and for it. me I saw was, that yeah. as a kid. Well, no, no, but I saw that as a kid and I remember just going so it's a whole bunch of characters ice skating about a bunch and doing tricks, you know. And and that never wowed me when I was a kid. So I had no inclination of what this was actually going to be and I'm sitting there going there's a story. It's Holy like a theater, crap. It's we're, like a theater show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's like something so opposite of anything that I would have had a preconception about that. That's I'm sitting there and I was grinning watching it just like so easily amused going like, I wouldn't have expected this. And, and like the, the, the thing that was really, it, it got me goosebumps even yeah. now watching it is the whole bit with, you know, Adam trying to be trained. I yeah. can't do it. I can't do it. And yes. he's, he's putting yes. himself down. He's feeling this way and that way. And then when the sorcerer gives him the sword mm-hmm. and when he becomes Hemus, it's like, I get yeah. chills when I hear John Irwin in, in just the filmation yeah. show. But when you see that build up to him becoming the hero, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, like they, they were saying in the panel about, you know, with the intermission and they had to have a way to bring the kids back in because otherwise yeah. the parents were going to go, let's go home, you know. Yeah, and they had you, to make it you a just parent. think for – well, no, but I love that it was the whole kids, I need your help to fight Skeletor. And they come back with their power sword. It's like yeah. that's like a freaking like <laughs> 80s power ballad at a freaking like Bon Jovi concert. Yeah. I'll be there for you starts playing. Everybody's lighting their lighters. And, and then like, all if the I was kids an eight-year-old, are, that was awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, and, and like even right now, I'm like, I kind of want a power sword. I feel like I should be doing it with them. Yeah. Like, it's like, come on, this is so oh, cool. The best part was when we were watching, when that was the nighttime show, um, uh, 
Tila, yeah. there's she's a little girl named Tila. She she did the pledge like in the audience. She stood up yeah. with her wow. dad, and I was like, "Yes, that's so awesome!" That is awesome. so cool. That. <laughs> that <took laughs> into the well, order of grace. Daughter, home. that is. I've heard that story Kevin, before. Kevin, yeah, yeah. He has two daughters, and he alternates every year. Uh, but yeah. that year he had. Uh, Tila with him and she stood up and did the, the oath and it was like that I was like I got yeah. kind of misty I don't like oh yeah. um yeah. and the, the I there's also of course and I can't believe that people haven't shared this every year for um Masters of the Universe Day uh you know the the, the official Masters of the Universe April Day the, the attorney and national Yes, the attorney and national anthem. Like how how we have to we have to make that a thing. Like bring that. We do. We're gonna start it next year. Yeah. Um, I put it, I put it up solo on YouTube. Just the the anthem, so that nice. we will. I'm gonna this year. I have to remember to share it. It's in the. I think it's in the this here too, isn't it? Or I've, yeah, the words to it. I think the words to it are in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on the. It's on the. This on uh, the power tour uh, blog too here. Yeah, there it is. So, yeah. Um, real quick though, Sean, have you ever actually taken your kids to Disney on Ice? Mm, no, no, okay. we haven't done anything like that so far. Dude, those are amazing too. Let me tell you what we've gone almost every year since my daughter was about six years old, and those mm-hmm. are those are awesome shows. Same thing. It's like. <laughs> Um, and that's what I was going to say earlier. It brought me back to it. You know, Masters of the Universe is credited for starting so many things. You know, it started, it, it reinvigorated boys' toys. It was the highest grossing toy line. It, you know, spawned spinoffs and merchandise and everything else. It really, tracking it back here through the panel and everything else, it really started these stage shows too, it seems. But it got, like, no credit for it. They said the only mm-hmm. thing that really was going before this was Sesame Street. Um, mm-hmm. And then they did this. And I don't remember this, obviously, but growing up, I remember when the Turtles did their Thundercats. Tour. Thundercats had one, too. Thundercats did one, too? Okay, I didn't yep. know about that. Mm-hmm. I knew about yeah. Turtles. I, I've seen and, those costumes, and the Turtles was a big one, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Power Rangers was the big one. Oh, my God, I begged mm-hmm. my mom. Ed's on TV all the time, the Power Rangers fight. You know Rita and Lord Zed, and at the at the at the Civic Center, and it's like I begged and I begged, but it just it, it never happened, you know. Um, and, and yeah, it just it's interesting. Like Danielle said, this was where I was going earlier. It, it's just amazing that nobody talks about this. No one, you know, it doesn't come up when this launched. Kind of the 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 kid tour craze which leads into today where disney and ice is still going strong and they have all this and that you know it's it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i the thing i I'll, the only thing i remember i went to the ice capades when i was a kid but that was a totally mm-hmm. different thing from from this where like you were saying this is like a, a full-blown story now is disney on ice and um Things like the 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 power, the Power Rangers and stuff. Did they have like story lines yeah. too? Like mm-hmm. a, like okay, like an Act One and Act Two kind of thing. Because yep. I I'm That's not exactly too familiar. Yeah, okay. yeah Disney on okay. Ice. They'll do well. Do they'll do like themes? Some years they do like a full movie. Like we went to see Frozen. Uh, mm-hmm. Dis- Disney and Ice presents Frozen, 
And that was basically just a condensed version of the Frozen movie on ice. I see. In a two-act okay. play. Okay. Um, but then we've also, they also do, like, original stuff where, like, I think yeah. last year, last year we went was, um, Journey Through, uh, yeah. Dream Journey or something like that, where, okay. like, it followed Mickey, Minnie, and Donald, and they went, like, to the different worlds. Uh, okay. like, they, they went and had, they had a scene in the Toy Story world, and then they went to Finding Nemo, okay. and then they went to Little Mermaid, and... But yeah, it's still like it's like they were looking for something. I don't really remember what. Um, right. But yeah, no. It's but a, this, Nemo. It, it's yeah. a yeah. It's a, <laughs> a two act play, and it's just yeah. it's 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 a, it's mo- it's usually an original story. I think but, only one year where they actually adapted just Frozen into it. You yeah. Know? But this power tour wasn't on. I, the only there was no, one. No, it wasn't a nice, sequ- but it's it was that. The skating sequence was the roller skates. They worked that into the story because it was like a, a competition. Because yep. they come, the whole premise is they come to Earth. Like there's the transporter ma- master yes. dome, and they're transported to Captain Morrison on Eternia, who operates the the transporter, sends them to Earth, and then they're you know they want to showcase their culture for the of Eternia and Etheria for the kids. Uh, so they're showing all these different things, but then they have like a friendly competition with the with the evil warriors, and it's they had a name for it, it was like the Eternian something race with the I forgot what some the some race, and it was a roller skating around in a like a roller derby. It was thing a roller derby. Just it was. Going. They yeah. They they introduced yeah. them as like here's your forward, here's your hook, here's your I mean it yeah. was. It was totally yeah. roller derby. But that was, was that was only like the one segment where, yeah. other than Orca, who was to indicate floating, was on skates. But I think there was no other like skating. Right. Um, and then, of course, Skeletor. My favorite part is that oh, at the end when Skeletor invades and uh, has Ninjor and the proton blast, like the proton blaster, yeah. he's aiming it, and he says, uh, Skeletor says, tells He Man to surrender, or he he'll he'll. Um, Blast! He'll blast him and his little yeah. Earth buddies too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Earth buddies too. Like, oh my God, that's great. Um, well, and, that, and that was it on the roller derby too. He said uh, it was a it was a challenge. If the evil warriors won, then Skeletor got to enslave all the Earth children. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. It wasn't a friendly right. competition. They were roller right. derbying that's to right. see okay, if Skeletor got to take slaves. all those kids in attendance <laughs> as his slaves. Slave the children in the yes. audience. Okay, I want to see a version where Skeletor, where the evil warriors win, and you just see this like line of little kids going through the <laughs> beaming up <laughs> shackles to Snake Mountain. <laughs> that's awful. It, it'd be but like some, Secret of the Sword in the village. <laughs> yeah. In the village of Thamor, where they're just beaming up all the villagers. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Skeletor is one. I know. I was, oh, no. I, I was cracking up during the roller derby part. Uh, so it was Evelyn, <laughs> Beastman, Ninjor, and Blast Attack versus yep. Snout Spout, Rockon, Clamp Champ, and Orko. Like, yeah. <laughs> And they had to they had to race around and knock each other out, and then they brought out the hoops of doom, which That's didn't do anything the besides they doom. they ran through them. It's like yeah, yep, the hoops of doom. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I think my favorite so line during that, probably maybe even during the whole thing, 
was during the middle of that, I guess, it was hard to see, but I guess Ninjor must have taken out his nunchucks or something. Because all of a sudden, Man-at-Arms goes, Ninjor, I said no weapons! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I just lost it. I was just busting up. It's like, you're there in a roller derby, just bam, 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 and Ninjor pulls out a nunchuck, and Man-at-Arms like, that's it. I said no weapons, Ninjor, what's yeah, wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh... That's great. There was one part in the circus that got cut that wasn't in that. I don't. I don't know if Gus has any tape of it. I don't think he did. I think he says he has a tape of it being thrown away. But originally, yeah. like one of the things in the circus is He Man and Shira do the feat of strength. Like Shira lifts a ten thousand pound. Uh, weight yeah, that was in there. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then He Man takes it and bends it. Yeah, and that was the one it. we saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what they added because originally mm. there was an animal c- called the stellar fent like stellar like stellar <laughs> travel and was, the stellar fent and it was this giant elephant creature that came out and it was uh, supposed to be it was a fake that was like the largest animal on eternia the stellar fent and that was going to be the end of that, but it was a fake stellar fent, and Ninjor was going to pop out of it with the evil warriors. They were going to jump out of mm. the stellar fent, and nice. it was. But the thing was so impossible to yeah. operate because it was gigantic, and it ended up starting to fall apart. And so, <laughs> so they, wow. they just threw it out. They like threw the stellar fent away. Like so, I guess Gus has some footage of it, like in the trash <laughs> as they're leaving some town that they performed. <laughs> they just and, left it there. <laughs> Yeah, in the dumpster, throwing it in the stellarfin in the dumpster, the pieces of it. And then they added in, because they got rid of that, they added in um, the He-Man and She-Ra feet of strength. But if you listen, like, off-screen, you still hear it, because they pre-recorded the the soundtrack to it. So you hear the stellarfin still go, (laughs) off-screen. That's the part where the evil warriors jump out. Uh, So it's, like, happening off-stage, I guess, you know, with the Mm -hmm. the stellarfin. Yeah. but um, yeah, it was in the early part of the tour they used it, and then they had to they had to ditch it. Yeah, I thought the circus. I thought that was. I know they all panned it. Like that was all the actors' like, least <laughs> favorite part of it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a neat concept. It just needed a little punching up, I think. And obviously, uh, the recording think- wasn't very good because it was just completely blacked out for a minute yeah. there. But they uh, needed. Better, better costumes. I think for the for the creatures, yeah. except the the Z-Bright, I thought the was Z- good. That was cute. Yeah, yeah. I like the I like Z-Bright. The Z-Bright. That was cute with the light up stripes and everything. Yeah. 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 Um. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, and then and then finally we finally get to some real action there at the end there. Like once I got to that final like battle scene where He Man gives up the power sword and everything. Uh, yeah. Which, am I the only one who got a little bit of an 87 movie deja vu during that? A little bit. It definitely bit. has that. I wonder if that's Goddard's doing since he... Yeah, no, when he was surrendering the power sword and the don't fight and everything, I'm like, okay, okay. But that whole final mm-hmm. battle, I if I was watching that as a kid, I would have lost my mind during that whole thing. Yeah. Like, seeing mm-hmm. all that take place on the stage right in front of you, He-Man give up the power sword, they're... They're throwing the evil warriors into cages and lifting them out of there. Like that was, that was awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And the, uh, I, Val has told me that he loved that. You know, watching that and the, the 
it was exciting to to see that you know transpire and stuff. Um, and you hear the stories that they're telling, you know, on stage and stuff, and yeah. going to kids, seeing them backstage at, or wanting to see them after the show, and uh, them doing like Make a Wish and going to the mm-hmm. hospital to visit visit kids, and that's just so cool. And you could see them doing just there's just a genuine quality uh, about them that I uh, I think the kids would have connected to to them because they're like there's a warmth to to, to Jack and Leslie that I think the kids probably. Oh connected to in a, in a, in a good way, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor where they, where they're manacled together, like, Oh yeah. Yes. The manacle. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. That nice light. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, they both take their swords. Man yeah. arms is like, okay, here we go. One-on-one combat. And he, he clamps yeah. them together with this chain and they're just like, like circling each other and taking jabs and everything. Yeah. And, and then, of course, Skeletor has to cheat by du- duplicating him. He's like, "You, you agreed to. We agreed to fight. You agreed to fight me solo. He uh, fights just me, he man. But yeah. now there are three of me. Like, he makes the duplicate yeah. like, two, mm-hmm. two more himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, that whole thing was awesome. And like I said, I know my mind would have been blown as a kid just watching that. Uh, Sean, you get you got anything? What what caught your eye during this whole thing? Well, like I said, I I like the the whole bit with Adam and the power sword yeah. and all that in, in the beginning quite quite a lot because we yeah. didn't get to see it in filmation. And you know, it's it's the whole idea that the the show itself is built around the idea of you can do anything. As a kid, yeah. you know, like you're you're seeing these heroes and they're instilling this idea in you that you do have the power. And it's like they keep doing with the line even today. You know, we have the power and all that, like they've been doing in the comic books. And that's been from way back in the day. You know, we're just refreshing it and all that. So I really like that. I I like that it has the cohesive storyline. Yes. Like you guys are saying, I mean, that that was completely shocking to me because I thought it was going to be, here's Orko doing antics, you know, or something. He's going to come out and do some crazy stuff and He-Man will... He'll he'll show up and this and that and it's like no you you got the John Irwin going and and uh, Alan Oppenheimer and everything I mean um, and I was actually really surprised by even the roster they had for the characters like yeah. you guys were saying they, they had Snout Spout Clamp Champ Ninja it's like some of those characters just debuted it was kind of surprising that they'd be a part of the Power Con even. But yeah, yeah. and and, and, <laughs> and Songster, Songster, of course, yes. <laughs> um, and I could see why, like, uh, being being a fan of Rose Google, it, it amuses me how often about Rob uh, Rob yeah. Bates doing the whole "Oh, I want my Songster" and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like I can see why now because it, it's really cool. Like, he's a character I'd never had a much background with until watching the footage. And even, you know, thinking about, okay, uh, when they were doing the bios for, for classics, Scott Knightley kind of said, you know, some, uh, the filmation idea might have been Songster presenting those stories as bard tales to children and all that. Uh, I still kind of dig that aspect of having him in there somewhere, that he, he's not just a forgotten relic from this. It's, you know, he could still be in there doing some of these things that it makes... The tales of He-Man 
wow children even today kind of a thing that 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 really is a it's heartwarming in some way yeah it's a it's a natural i mean for for a fantasy story to have a bard character a minstrel character a traveling troubadour who tells stories uh to kids and to the villagers of course it just it just yeah. it makes sense it just just makes sense. And one thing that I remember always struck me was that the end of that last uh, Marvel Star comic, where it was like from the Ballads of Songster, because it was like, yeah. you know, they were they included that they referenced it. I'm like, that's exactly what Songster. I mean, he's sort of the glam rock version of that, <laughs> you know. But yes. he's, uh, but it's like, yeah, it, it fits to have a bard type character uh, in Eternia, and I think that's p- probably besides the like very colorful look to him. I think there is that resonance that we like having that character. Even if you look at the, the, the Witcher that showed the Witcher that was yeah. out, you know, they had a character that was a bard. And I mean, of course he was more like fantasy, the way he was dressed was more medieval and stuff, but you know, the bard is a performer. He tends to be more flamboyant. Right. So yeah, but totally. in Eternia, everything's cranked to 11. So of course, Songster is going to be like, you know, way right. colorful and everything. <laughs> Well, on social media, how often did you hear, you know, uh, what was it, toss a coin to your Witcher? And yeah. all that line yeah. from the show, and yeah. that became a thing for a little while when the first season sure. aired. And, you know, it's like in Master's case, Masters of the Universe really encompassed a lot of what made the 80s the 80s in some ways for a lot of yeah. fans. So mm-hmm. it's like you gotta have somebody looking like Songster being a part of it <laughs> yeah. one way or the other. It's just it's like it's the epitome of the eighties inside of the epitome of the eighties. Yes. <laughs> it's just, yes. Mm, it, it's yes. like, you know, why works. does peanut butter and jelly just taste so good together? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just give him a magical guitar that might also be yeah. an axe. I'm not sure, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, again, I I actually would champion having a songster yeah. figure at some point now that I've seen that footage. Just like yeah, I kind of <laughs> dig it. It works. I, yeah. I get it. I get why Rob's obsessed with him. I get. I. I mean, yeah, he looks perfect. Give him a little bit of an update, and it'll fit in fine. And that—that's <laughs> what I loved about all this. Uh, you guys really hit the nail on the head. It's it. They got it. They got what made Masters Masters, and they 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 took their roles seriously, and they acted their hearts out. Uh, the costumes were spot on. I mean, I lo- I love this this Shira design here. Um, yeah, even more than the He Man. Like, it's not just a toy or mm-hmm. just a cartoon. But you look at that and you're instantly going, "That's He Man and Shira." You know, and that's yeah. that's the biggest thing to me. Um, there's not one character. I mean, Sorceress is probably the biggest departure with her blue color scheme. And yeah. I'm assuming that just to make her show up better on stage, because all white would, you yeah, know, predominantly white would really same, wash out. Yeah, same mm-hmm. with Tila. They, I think they yeah. did something similar to Tila's yeah, outfit. She's yeah, in, yep. she's in a bluish, greenish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Evil Ed's a bit more blue, but I mean, it's yeah. you still look at them, and you don't need the names to go. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah. Um, the actress who played uh, Tila, too, from what I understand, was a pretty awesome stage fighter. Like she had really in the battle scenes and stuff. She was she was pretty awesome at the sword play and and stuff like that. Um, in fact, she doubled as Adora because Leslie didn't play Adora. Leslie no. played Shira, but I 
I think the actress who played Tila also played uh, Adora um, when she was in the Horde, like before you know, she's having the fight with He-Man before she transforms in, into She-Ra. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite parts were when the flashbacks, because you get to yeah. see origins for, for a lot yeah. of things they didn't show in the cartoon, like He-Man, uh, Adam getting his sword, and you see the Preternian stuff. They worked in Preternia. You see like the Eternia Towers in the back. Background. I don't know if that showed up in that video, but you see the Eternia uh, Towers projected in the background during the Preternia sequence with the five wizards and then and the snake men and then they had the, fla- the sh- uh, how the sorceress came to guard Castle Grayskull. Mm-hmm. How Castle- I thought the thing that I thought was strange that I was kind of not on board for was how Castle Grayskull kind of came to be was like in a lot of the uh, original stuff it's like the hall of wisdom was transformed into castle grayskull but in this one it's like the wizards themselves became yeah. the walls of castle grayskull i'm like wow that's bizarre like the, they transformed themselves into into a castle like how does that work like, that's how powerful they are when you yeah. the castle grayskull you just hear the flash the flash the flash no, don't, don't. <laughs> Don't step on that. Exactly. Ow. That's my foot. Ow. I was curious curious about all that, too. It's like because it seemed like they were pulling from so many different sources and kind of combining. I wonder who came up with that part of the story. If it was just Gary or if Mattel was like, okay, here's your framework. Or if they present a bunch of different things and he got to pick and choose because... Yeah, it was very it was very recognizable, but also quite different at the same time. But I enjoyed yeah, it a lot yeah. too. Yeah, I'm not sure if Mattel. How, I, I mean, I assume Mattel had some input in it as uh, into the the whole thing as well. I'm sure they had to approve whatever uh, Gary and Richard Hoag. Richard Hoag was a co writer, but he also played Captain Morrison in the show, and I think he was using Captain. Captain Powers, yeah. Captain helmet Powers helmet, yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, which is also Gary Goddard, but um, yeah. but they and also Mattel, um, <laughs> and Mattel, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure Mattel had had pretty some influence in there, and um, I don't know about filmation, but maybe even filmation too. I mean, they used filmation voices and music, like they did. Re- yeah. They did orchestrations of the He-Man theme and the She-Ra theme mm-hmm. during the show, so. The, the filmation may have even had some input, like, because when we started getting the newspaper strips, it turned out, yeah. oh, this is a collaboration between Mattel and filmation. So it's possible that they were also involved in some capacity. So, yeah. I think it's kind of cool that uh, the the power tour almost is an apologist way of looking at the movie. Because <laughs> you have someone who is the, the person who was directing <laughs> the movie, he's involved in it. And he yep. gave the legit, this is how they should have looked. This is the storyline that the fans wanted to see. They didn't, well, they went to Earth, but we still got the storyline that yeah. the fans, the hardcore yeah. people would have wanted. And, you know, it's like, they, you know, it's like they still did the going to Earth part, but they still had the solid stuff that as fans watching the 87 movie, a lot of people were like, what the heck are we watching? You know, why <laughs> yeah. is there no transformation? There's no, yeah. there's no Orko. There's no Cringer to Battle Cat. And, and it's like this one, if they would have started the movie that way, I think it would have probably gotten a lot less flack because kids would have seen, hey, here's Eternia at least, you know, even yeah. if we got to go to yeah. Earth for the next part of the movie or whatever. 
it's yeah, no, po- that's a that's a really interesting way to look at that. It's <laughs> I could say, I think that that's, that could be the case. Maybe it was like them going, "Hey, you know, we we couldn't do all the stuff the kids <laughs> know knew about, so let's yeah, do it here." Like, you know what didn't work? Let's not do that again because it's yeah. the same year. You know? <laughs> that was that was so probably give them the, props for that. <laughs> that was probably the most surprising part of this is finding out how much Gary Goddard was involved in it. Um, like you said, for the same reasons. Obviously, I've never had as big of a problem with the 87 movie as uh, <clears throat> some other people have. But uh, <laughs> but it is interesting to find out how close he got it here and then still yeah. went on. You had to figure these were in development pretty much at the same time. Um, yeah. Based on the timeline or one right after the other. So Yeah. I mean, 87, I, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, pr- pretty close together, I-, I would guess, yeah. I mean, the 87 movie at the time, like, I just remember looking at those pictures in the magazine and being like, what the heck is this? This does not look anything like He-Man and Skeletor to me and Beast-Man. That's supposed to be Beast-Man. But it definitely <laughs> grew on me a lot over the years, Um, uh, especially I wound up watching it on, like, Superstation, TBS. Oh, yeah, or something. it was on all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a few years after it had come out, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." Like, I was like, "If I've grown, I think uh, as fans, like over the years, you start to say, okay, this is this version of this.' It yeah. does not ruin other versions of it. It's like time. It's like after a period of time passes, you start to sort of accept it as kind of its own thing. That's also cool, but in its own yeah. little." little bubble and it's like I, I i i like that movie a lot now it's a, f- a really fun movie to watch and frank langella was oh, so good yes. in it and, and and meg foster as evil lynn was so good mm-hmm. and it's like Dolph was good as he even with the accent like i mean he yeah. you're gonna get other than jack well, i guess they could have gotten jack but, which I, <laughs> but it, it but was, was you know it, it was it, well, like when I was a kid, I kind of accepted it on the grounds of I already saw a couple incarnations of Masters already yep. because you had the Savage Cannon mini comics mm-hmm. in filmation, you had the mini comics after Savage Cannon. There's a bunch of different ways to look at that property, and when I was, I don't know why I forgave it a ton because yeah. I was just like, hey, it's a Masters movie, mm-hmm. and then to see the way that Dolph was kind of made me actually go. Well, that ain't, that ain't what I see on TV. I actually, I, I kind of like that he's a lot more of like, like when he's in warrior mode in that movie, he's all business. And I yeah. loved seeing that version of He-Man because like yeah. the, the, one of my favorite parts actually is right after he does the, you know, I have the power. And then they're having their standoff moment. And as, as Skeletor's doing his soliloquy, you know, oh, you know, about, oh, mm. it's always been between us and all that. And you have him just bark, oh, no, talk. It's like, Ooh, he's yeah. gonna go there, and yeah. it really set the stage of this. He man is that guy, and even when they did him in multiverse, I was like, he's the guy's gonna get through. And then when they didn't yep. make him go through, I was like, you're killing me here. They like, killed him, they, you know, and, like, they, and they're killing him too. He died. Yeah. <laughs> like, but anyway, the, I, 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 I don't know why I forgave that movie a yep. whole bunch. It wasn't what I was hoping to see in the theater, but when I saw it, I just kind of got sucked into it, and it, yep. it still worked for me on, I, a, on I, more I, levels I, than I thought. I wish I hadn't. I wish I had gone to see it in the theater, and that I didn't pull the. Yeah. I am not gonna 
see that. <laughs> like if the internet had existed, that, you know, back then. Oh, imagine <laughs> I boycotted. I was like, I'm not going to go see it. I was, I was mad. You know, like I just, I wouldn't go see it. You know, and if that, if and honestly, like if that movie came out today. Can you imagine what fans, how fans would react? Like, imagine if they had no, yeah. that never existed in yeah. 1987. It's like, this is the new He-Man movie and it came out. Yeah. It would be like, oh, it'd be flame wars. Yeah. On, on. <laughs> well, it, the, with, with the brand being what it is and the, the fans, I, I don't want to say we're starving, but it's like, we don't get a whole lot of new material. So to have it represented yeah. in that way yeah. now yeah, it, it would have been, you know, like the new Thundercats roar. People would have just yeah. blown the hell out of the thing because they want to see the traditional version because that's what it deserves. But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's one yes. of those. My my daughter the other night when I was putting her to bed, she could say, Dad, can we watch the live action He-Man movie sometimes? So I go, you know what? I can make that happen. I'm like, we will do this. Don't you worry. Yes. So it, yeah. it, a whole new no, generation is now getting into the cheese of it, and it still works. That's so. awesome. It's cool. It's a cool. It's a cool movie. I mean, it yeah. really is, yes. and it's fun, and it still. I think it still holds up, and it's. Oh, I think it's gotten more more popular over the years. Like it's one. One of those movies that I think after the fact has developed more and more of a following mm-hmm. over the years. So, um, and the actors in it are, are really good. I mean, James Tolkien as Lubick is, yes. just, you know, he's <laughs> great. He's such a you know. <laughs> he's got my favorite line. <laughs> yep. What the hell is that? I, what I the me that too? I, I love that line. I love that line. So, no one takes pot shots at Lubick. Nobody takes pot shots at Lubick. You know, uh, come on, you ugly I, mothers. But he doesn't even hesitate. He pops up in the throne room. He's just like. <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, I met him at um, oh, it was yeah. at Rhode Island Comic Con. I was doing an appearance as Penny at Rhode Island Comic Con, and James Tolkien was there, and I want, yeah. really wanted to meet him. So I met him. He was like super nice, sure. but and he was selling pictures of Lubick. And uh, and I had talked to him on the phone a couple of times prior to that because I was trying to get him to come to PowerCon, but it never worked out timing wise. But he was, and his number was just like. I found his number online. I'm like, oh my god, he just has his number listed. So I talked to him. I was like, oh, is this James Tolkien? You know, like, uh, you know. Uh, and so uh, he couldn't. He I met him at Rhode Island Comic Con, and uh, I got a Lubick picture for Emiliano because Emiliano is a huge fan yeah. of the Lubick character. And so this was years ago, and I was like. I said, can you write on the picture, nobody takes pot shots at Lubick? And yep. he did nice. it. He wrote it. Nice. it you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. you're a good person. Like I knew what a big fan of he was of that character. So. And he gave, yeah, I got one from him, too, for myself, too, just like just with his signature on it, you know. But, um, oh, yeah. That, that was... Great cat, Billy Barkey, you know. Yeah. yeah. Chelsea Field, you know, such good people in that movie, good actors. Uh, and, oh, and the other one was um, Z- uh, oh God, John Cipher, who was Man at Arms. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, he, I, uh, he, I, I invited him to PowerCon one year. I wrote to him, and uh, uh, I think I put this in my wish list video for the top ten variants, and I put Movie mm-hmm. Man at Arms in there. Did, yeah. He wrote back to me. Yeah, he was not in great health. You know, he's he's mm. older. You know, and he wrote yeah. back and. He signed it, Good Journey, and he signed Man at Arms. I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, man. It's so great. Yeah, that, that's one of the moments in the movie that I love where, where he and He-Man just have those little moments that, like when they're in the music shop. is yeah. like, you know, 
what are you thinking? I'm kind of yeah. hungry. You know, they have these little <laughs> yeah. moments that it's just like, yeah. it, it solidifies. There's the history there, but yeah. they don't have to say much. But you just no. know they got each other's back in that moment. Yeah. I love it. Man yeah. Arms is a grizzled vet throughout it. Like, he's just like, yep, yeah, this is, we're yeah. in the trenches now, kids. I yeah. like that. I, I did like yeah. that quite a lot as a kid. <laughs> I know we've we've got our movie commentary coming up. We know when that's going to be already, but yeah, as I saw that for the first time in like fifth grade. Same thing. It was on like USA Network one day, and uh, you know this this is you know mid nine you know ninety one ninety two somewhere around there, and I'm just I'm just eating it up. I did not even mm-hmm. question the inconsistencies. I'm just like, there's something <laughs> He-Man I haven't seen yet. Yeah. This is awesome. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... Uh, yeah, it is. I Initially, I had a chip on my shoulder about Gwildor because I love Orko, and I felt like Gwildor was like, like wannabe Orko. But I, he, it's Billy Barty. How can you not? After yeah. I watch him, like, okay. Mm-hmm. I love I love. Yeah, how can I they, not? How can you not love Billy? I Billy think they made him different <laughs> enough that it didn't feel to yeah. me like just a rip no, off. You know, he was so. mm-hmm. he was he was an inventor. He was his own unique character who was worthy of being a character in Masters of the Universe. It was just my cranky self, even at that time. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, I mean, they they went the whole opposite direction. Where it was like this innocent, childlike yeah. character, and he was like the grumpy old man. Get off my lawn! I'm yeah. trying to invent something yeah. character, which I like yeah. too. And I love that in the U- in the UK comics and in the newspaper strips they would uh, they did like them together like Orko and Gildor and Cringer like uh, together mm-hmm. like and uh, in the newspaper strips I love the dynamic between Orko and Gildor because Gildor is like kind of r- mocks magic like he kind of makes fun of magic which ticks Orko off because you know, right. you know <laughs> that's Gildor is all about about science, you know, and technology mm-hmm. and inventing things, and Orko's like a wizard, so he he takes it personally because Gwildor is always like knocking magic and poo pooing it, which I I thought that was a cool way to kind of play yeah. play them off each other. Yeah, definitely good dynamic. Yeah. All right, yeah. So uh, I guess all that's left really is to do our ranking. Uh, if you guys have any final thoughts on the power tour, I know we got a little sidetracked there. But uh, Masters of the Universe <laughs> uh, Power yeah. Tour, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off here. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 7 out of 10. I, I think it was highly enjoyable. Um, and just being able to look at it through the potential kid eyes. Um, if I'd seen it as a kid, I'd probably be up like a 9 or so right now. But uh, for seeing it right now, uh, solid 7 out of 10. Enjoyable story. Great music. And uh, great acting, and it's awesome to see that all these actors still have a love and respect for it to this day. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'll give it an 8, because I think it's really fun. It's a really uh, good message to it. It has all of the different aspects uh, of Masters of the Universe, especially like the history and the and the mythology of it, that I love seeing played out on stage, uh, and it's such a unique representation of Masters of the Universe. And the people who worked on it were so passionate of, about it and have such fondness for it that I can't help but find that contagious when uh, and just the overall. 
product, I think. The yeah. songs are fun. The interactions between the characters are fun. The costumes are cool. You can see that a lot of effort and craft went into putting this thing together, and I, I think it's cool, so I give it an 8. Daniel stole mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I would give it an eight. And that's from me being who I am at my, in my forties right now. Just like, okay, you know, like I have a little bit of cynicism, cynicism in there. And this managed to definitely trounce a lot of that cynicism and just make me feel like a kid again for two hours. And, uh, the message behind it, uh, the actors with, you know, they really, like you said, they genuinely have, you know, like that feeling of this was something special and, and they were very proud of being in it. And it's awesome because some people are like, oh, I, I played He-Man, whatever, yeah. you know, they, they might not, they might not look at that as a career highlight. And no, they, they really looked at, this was like a mantle they had in that time and it meant something to people. And that was great. I mean, that story about the little kids seeing him. And getting misty-eyed and going, I knew you yeah. were real. That would have been yes. me. Yes. You know, that would have been me. And and, the, and yeah. just the idea, you go out and get the power sword, you come back in, and you're holding the sword aloft, and you're you're there with He-Man. It's like, how could that not be amazing? You know that? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I, I give it an eight because I wasn't there to see it. <laughs> Otherwise, it probably would have been a ten. One, so one, uh, one great, just a little quick capper, great memory that <clears throat> I have is, one of the earlier power cons we did like a dinner we used to have a roast google dinner that we would have yeah. like all the guests and fans at and um it was the same that weekend was jack wadsworth's birthday so leslie wadsworth contacted me she said hey it's jack's birthday can we do a little something so val got a whole like birthday cake made up for him and it had like he man and skeletor on it i believe and uh jack when we gave brought out the cake and saying happy birthday to him, he got up and he took he was gonna cut the cake and he took the knife and he held it up like the power oh, sword. Nice, nice. Nuts. Everyone went nuts and then he caught Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great, yeah. Oh. Um, I change it, it's a nine, just for yeah. that story. It's just a nine now. <laughs> that story you weren't even there for. That's uh, that was no, that, that was like the best way to cap that off. There's no way yeah. around it. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, I, I think awesome. there's nothing left to do but uh, run through my spiel after that. So uh, <laughs> we want to thank uh, Danielle Galerta for coming on. Uh, I'm loan from yes. dinner here. Hey, so. my, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's been a, it's been a blast and got to talk to Sean this time. Well, I talked yes. to the first one, but not on Yeah, <laughs> thanks for, uh, for uh, subbing in on me, by the way, that time where I couldn't make it. That, yeah. Like oh, I yeah. said, I... You you made a more appealing person to hang out with, I'm sure, for no. Matt that, at that point. Well, but you were on yeah. the tropical beach, as I yes. saw on Party Sean. <laughs> Photoshop is an amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, so, folks, if you're liking what we're doing, do me a favor. Go ahead, all those buttons down there, click them all, any order, doesn't matter. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, just help spread the word of Legends of Grayskull. We'd really appreciate it. <laughs> Um, and if you're, if you're on, if you're on Podbean, click the little heart. If you're on iTunes, do whatever stupid thing that they've got set up to rate with. This is and, why our rankings aren't there on iTunes. It might be, but I'm okay with that. Uh, 
the sad thing is, and I've told Sean this before, is actually the majority of our views come from iTunes as far as the audio side of it. So, <laughs> but they I, know what I tend to listen to audio. Like I download MP3s and put them on yes. my MP3 player, and that's that's more how I roll. Um, Me too, I don't honestly. YouTube is a, yeah, YouTube. I or I don't do as often. Um, once in a while, I will if there's like a live stream. Once in a while, I'll hop on for a little while, but I usually do yep. the MP3. You know, if I'm going for a walk or working out or something like that. Oh so. yeah, that's me at work. I got the earbud in all day long, and I'm just roast googling or podcasting or you know, <laughs> office ladies is a good one I'm into right now. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's and that's why we try and hit both sides. So hit all those buttons down below. Uh, go check out Danielle's videos. Uh, buy the bundle this Saturday, September 5th, and uh, until next time. Until next time. Good journey. I knew she was going to do that. Is that well, <laughs> but I, I said it more like Master's Cast does. I went, good. No, even better. I stretch it out. <laughs> so I stole their way of doing it. She, she 2000X that version. It's the, oh, I have the power. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lordy. We got to start doing a contract with these guest hosts. <laughs>